Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Let us join together in prayer Gracious Father On this Lord's Day, we thank you that we can come before you, that we can join in worship together, that we can celebrate your presence with us, that we can hear your word, that you can work your word within us. Help us to hear what you have for us this day, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I give you a new commandment that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this you will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That sounds very clear and very simple, doesn't it? Love one another. But it seems to stand in kind of stark contrast to what a lot of people are saying and doing in our day, right? So maybe we need to take a look, a little closer look again at what Jesus means when he says, love one another. To see how to love one another, we need to look at Jesus' love for us. We see that Jesus' love is selfless. Now, for many, most of us, I would say, even in the most noble kind of human love that we have, there's always that element of self in there, isn't it? We so often think, you know, um, what are we to get from that love? We think of happiness. We can think of some of the great thrills that can happen in life. Or we can go to the opposite extreme, too, and think of some of the emptiness and the loneliness that happens when love fails. So often we're thinking, um, what will this love do for me? So often in back of that is our happiness that, that we are seeking. But as we look at Jesus, Jesus doesn't focus upon that. He focuses upon his desire to give himself to every one of us to help us to see what it means to be loved. His one desire for us is that we know him and we know his love. And we see examples all around us of that kind of selfless love, though, too, don't we? I think of the young businesswoman on her way to work one day who stopped to change a tire, stopped to change a tire for a pregnant woman 
with a little two-year-old in a car seat. Or I think of the uh, junior high principal who administered CPR in the school cafeteria where a worker there experienced a, a heart attack and whose son was dying of AIDS. Or the office workers who got together in the business where they worked to help five homeless people who roamed the streets outside that building. Or how about the parents of a 12-year-old boy who donated the organs after they learned the news that the respirator was the only thing that was keeping that young 12-year-old boy alive. One Sunday morning, the um, wealthiest man in the congregation led the prayers for the worship service. And on the way home, his son said, Dad, I wish I had some of your money. What would you do with it if you had that money? Asked his father. Well, Dad, replied the boy, I'd start answering some of the prayers you said today for the poor people who live down the street. Here's a young man who caught the vision, right? That prayers lead us to action, to doing. A male nurse arrived home at midnight after working a busy double schedule in the inner city emergency room. It felt so good to crawl under those covers and scrunch that big king-sized pillow. But just as he was drifting off to sleep, he heard his six-year-old daughter crying out, Daddy! She had awakened with a fever. And as much as she loved her mother, when she was sick, she always called for daddy. So this exhausted man walked in to be with her and spent a few hours sitting there until she felt a little better and she drifted back to sleep. Did it frustrate him? You know that here he lost out on some bone-weary, already exhausting time? No, he responded, when my child is sick, a little love is a lot more important than a little sleep. Selfless love. Secondly, Jesus' love is sacrificial. Think about this, that there was no limit to what, to what Jesus would do and where Jesus would go. No demand could keep him from meeting that, that love need for people. If love meant the cross, Jesus was willing to go. Sometimes, you know, we make a mistake. We think that love is going to lead us on to happiness. And in the end, it does. But the point is, sometimes love means there will be some pain and that we too may have to bear our cross. That kind of love reminds me of the story of a little girl who had become very ill, and doctors said that unless she could get a blood transfusion, there was a good chance that she would die. However, she had such a rare form, a kind of a type of blood, and it was doubtful that a donor could be found very quickly. And then one of the doctors thought, she's got a younger brother, an eight-year-old brother, Let's just check and see if there's a chance. 
And fortunately, they matched. And so they asked the young boy if he would be willing to donate his blood in order to save his sister. And he immediately said, yes, yes. And in a hospital room, the two siblings were put on two tables next to each other. And they used a machine that took the blood from him in, and, and placed it in her system. And soon the transfer was completed. But the lad couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it's over. But he says, I haven't died. I haven't died. For the first time, the family realized that he thought that he would have to die in order to give his sister life. And yet, you remember what he said? Yes. He was willing to make that sacrifice, that little brother. Jesus' love for us understands. Jesus knows us through and through. He knows our weaknesses, and he still loves us. Jesus knows our worst and still loves us. And think of, in a sense, how it goes for you and me in our lives, of how we have to live with each other and work with each other a long time to get to kind of know each other. Well, Jesus gets to know not only his disciples, but he also gets to know you and me. And he knows us in our moods and in our irritabilities and in our weaknesses. Yet he still loves us. Sometimes we've made the expression or said that, you know, um, love is blind, but love is not blind. Real love is open-eyed. Jesus loves us, not the, in his imagination about what we could be, but he loves us as the person we are. He loves the whole person just as we are, for better, for worse. And Jesus' love is big enough to love us as we are. After the service, the pastor was asked to meet a, a lady in his office that she wanted to talk to him. And she said, I just want to thank you for what you did for me some five years ago. You changed my life. It happened in this very room. I left it a different woman than when I entered that room. The minister really looked puzzled. Racked his brain for a moment, and then, then suddenly he remembered. He remembered this woman. She had come into his office with a very deep personal problem. He recalled the interview. He also said that he remembered that he had given that young woman really no help at all. So he ended up saying, th th thank you, in his surprise. He says, I do recall our last meeting, and I do recall what pr the problem was, but I do recall that I hardly said a word during the whole time that you were here. And I certainly was incapable of, in a sense, being able to solve your situation. That's right, she said. You did not solve my problem, but you listened to me. Ever so patiently as I shared and poured out my heart. And the miracle was that as I left this room, I was a totally changed woman. Thank you, Pastor, for listening. Love understands, sometimes even when we don't know how. And finally, Jesus' love forgives. Judas betrayed him, Peter denied him, and all the rest of the disciples forsook him. 
You know, they never fully understood Jesus, but are we any different? And look at how many times we too will probably end up being cowards in our relationship with our Lord. But Jesus held nothing against them. There is no failure he will not forgive. The love does not learn to forgive is a love that ends up shriveling up. Jesus' enduring love is built on forgiveness. Matt, a fireman, had just served a long session and he was on his way home and he fell asleep at the wheel of his car. And he crashed head-on into a, a, a car killing the pregnant woman. Sue was her name, and injuring a 19-year-old, a 19-month-old daughter. In the trial that followed, Steve, who was Sue's husband, asked for a diminished kind of um, sentence for him. And Steve ended up then calling him and sitting down with him and having coffee and conversation. And that went on for actually several years. And the relationship between those two men really grew and deepened. Now we can say he had every right to feel bitter and angry, resentful. But look at what that would have done to him. That would have destroyed him, wouldn't it? As the guilt probably would have destroyed Matt. As Jesus is willing to forgive, you and I are challenged to forgive. By this, everyone will know that you are my, dis my disciples if you have love for one another. Loving in a selfless way, sacrificial way, understanding way, and forgiving way. So let's help someone out. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. <coughs> Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.